Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nikolai. And we are here in sunny Singapore still. Of course, I leave in a few weeks, but I'm still soaking up the rays. Yeah, you're moving back to the United States of America, the United States of America, right? <laughs> Where everything is perfectly under control, sir. <laughs> freedom! <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, do we have the freedom to be uh, infected and... Um, carry our to weapons to defend our rights to be infected to 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 shop maskless in walmart very important essential part of representative democracy and freedom yeah you know we haven't passed that amendment yet but it's gonna be passed it's gonna be soon soon yeah, in this climate <laughs> <laughs> well singapore will be sorry to see you go man that's really too bad it's, it's especially i'm especially sorry to see that you will spend the remaining of your time here in lockdown yeah that's still going on here in singapore we got word this week that uh, what had been a hoped for loosening of the lockdown sorry circuit breaker uh coming up at the beginning of june is now going to be an extremely slow motion loosening um, yeah, that's really, really too bad. This is not the part of Singapore that, well, enjoy, although our apartments are enjoyable, oh, yes. not the best part of Singapore. No, being out. At least my place isn't. I'm not sure about yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I could see how being out in the culture and, and the weather yeah. and the people and uh, it would be preferable to my sitting here in my apartment. I'm missing the food, man. I'm, uh, I'm missing yeah, the hawker food. food. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Anyway, it's all for a good cause, right? Um, it's to keep Singapore's infection under control. Uh, if you've been following it at all, there's been an outbreak, a big outbreak, most of the outbreak in the worker dorms, but the government's taking steps to bring that under control, uh, pretty much under control outside of those worker dorms. That's why they're loosening. Um, but man, it's going to be bit by bit. You will be in lockdown for quite a few more weeks to come. Yeah, at least five more weeks to come, and then the opening will be gradual. So we'll see. Yeah. We will see. And, and you were supposed to be in Hong Kong this weekend, right? I was. For a journalist conference. Yeah, the uh, the Asian American Journalists Association, uh, they hold an annual conference in Hong Kong, and, and somehow I got in, I guess, just on the journalism part, none of the rest of the part, <laughs> which they're they okay with, by the, the way. Podcast. They have a line where they say, we all we need is for you to be Asian, American, or a journalist, and you're in. You don't really. <laughs> <laughs> you qualify, sir. You qualify if you do on any at of least those. one of those. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but boy, being in Hong Kong would have been uh, absolutely compelling as a journalist yeah. because for almost a year now, there's been uh, protests going against uh, the the tightening of control of the Beijing government over Hong Kong, and um, news this week as well that that uh, is getting worse. They have just announced, the Chinese government, the People's Republic of China government, announced that it was going to pass a law, essentially, for all practical purposes, eliminating the two countries, uh, sorry, the uh, two systems, one country system that gave Hong Kong a lot of freedoms and preserved a lot of freedoms up until about 2047. But it looks like that's going to end sooner rather than later. Um, so they've passed a bill and they're going to implement the law over summer, right? Is that correct? So what does the bill say? 
Well, I don't know the exact content of the bill, but I know the net effect, which many, many countries across the world and the uh, pro-freedom demonstrators in Hong Kong are reacting against, uh, which is essentially Beijing will um, supersede the laws of the local council and take direct Mm -hmm. control of the city. And with the direct control of the city, you essentially get the... um, the less free policies of China put in place in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong is quite used to having things like a very active free press and freedom of speech, uh, freedom to set its own course. uh, Once the British checked out, of course, (laughs) Uh, you had to get rid of the colonialists first, but they're used to having many of these freedoms and those essentially are going to go away. Um, And there's protests this weekend. (laughs) Yes, I do. Are, are you implying that China does not have a free press bill? Uh, it is it is free to be given to people so that they may read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best kind of free, <laughs> you ask me. <laughs> well, you know, we used to talk about uh, this a lot pre-COVID. We used to yeah. talk about this a lot, that we viewed Hong Kong as the front lines of freedom in the 21st century. We have a rising hegemon in China. Uh, that does not share the same liberal values as the West. And um, these demonstrators were fighting to preserve those things. Now, I was always a bit thinking that maybe (laughs) they would lose, sadly. And now this bill has passed, and I I think it's it's done. Um, Well, the CCP certainly picked the perfect time to do it, I think. Everyone's sort of otherwise occupied, I guess. And uh, yeah, social distancing makes for a perfect excuse to to ban any kind of protest. Yeah, so that should be should be easy. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great point. And, and most everyone is distracted, right, and looking yeah. elsewhere. So even though this will get a lot of grief from other nations, well, realistically, what were they ever going to do about it? But they're busy doing their own thing. Yeah, exactly. They're too busy even to do any moral grandstanding if they were planning to. Um, Although the U.S. has been talking tough, right, the last couple of weeks? Yeah, they're talking about removing some special uh, trading and business privileges that Hong Kong enjoys. uh, All right. Which could be damaging to Hong Kong and the Hong Kongers, which that sounds like it might backfire. Not so much to China, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, well, you know, I need to look up the speti- the specifics of this statistic, but it is amazing. So, Hong Kong, like forty years ago, used to be twenty five percent of China's GDP. Mm, yeah, I mean, it was China's economy, and now it's something like five percent. So, well, guess what? Money talks, right? No more leverage. Right. That's right. That's the and, way it goes. And they yeah. can afford to just reabsorb this this boil. From the Chinese perspective, this is a boil on their rump, a former colonial boil, yeah. and they can lance it. Well, I think, and we've talked about this briefly uh, prior to this recording. I'd like to get your, uh, your take on this. I think there is an opportunity for the CCP to come in and take over Hong Kong in a way that would be not only beneficial to the local population, but would make them wildly popular that is if they could somehow solve the housing problem yes right? I, because hong kong basically people live in shoeboxes that are wildly expensive and they're quickly running out of space and if the ccp could somehow solve that then i'm sure the population would welcome it 
with open arms. Yeah, my understanding of the political economy of Hong Kong is that there are these property barons, basically, uh, that own yeah. most of the property there and have, in order to keep their wealth up, essentially restrict usage of land so that, as you say, people are stuck in extremely small housing because not a lot can be built. And yes, if they come in and they break that and they build all kinds of public housing or new housing developments, um, as China has proven it can do, and raise the standard of living for people, well, that, that's not a bad way to win hearts and minds, right? Yeah, because I think there is a there is quite a few ways that standard of living could be still improved, right, in Hong Kong. It's definitely, it's a great city. There's a lot of grit, there's a lot of bustle, but it's still, you know, there's still some neighborhoods and, and people in certain certain parts of the population that don't have a very high quality of life, I think. Right. Well, which makes it downright Western in that way, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we love it. <laughs> That's, yes. And we do love it. Uh, we got to go there uh, just, just mm. to visit one time. And boy, I personally fell in love with the city. It just has a buzz. Um, yeah, it's great. I've been there several times. It's, it, it's really lovely, very entrepreneurial. Uh, very high energy. It's yeah. It is everything I love in 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 big mega cities. It's really fantastic. It's really fantastic. So I hope they can keep that energy and that spirit alive, uh, even under the new regime. Yeah, you know another knock on effect from it might be um, there's always kind of been a friendly rivalry between Hong Kong and Singapore uh, as mm. to who was going to be the South Southeast Asia financial city leading city and um you know both would argue their own merits but now if hong kong just becomes just another chinese city um i'll be curious to see whether the businesses that are located there if their operations make more sense in shanghai maybe they'll just move to shanghai which is the current financial capital of of china or whether they'll clear out and go to Singapore. I just, there's a realignment that might take place, and I'll be curious to watch how that goes down. Well, interestingly, people did go to Hong Kong for the easy access to the Chinese market, right? So if that can yeah, true. become even easier because of uh, these new laws, then that might be a positive. Um, depending on whether or not it will be harder to get your money out, I guess, right? Because that's, a, that's yes. a big thing. Yes. Getting your money out. Because there's not free flow of capital. So to the right. extremely wealthy and the people who have really made it in the Chinese sector and to businesses, sometimes you want to get your money out and they don't always permit capital to flow freely. Uh, so that has been one restriction that they've used. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I guess just makes me think the money probably gets out one way or another, but I think they've been cracking down on that. You think so? <laughs> I don't know about that, Bill. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't run in those circles, man. I, 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 don't, I know nothing of these things. No. Yeah, I don't play those games. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You know, here in Singapore, we kind of had a, a funny thing go down this week where uh, a New York Times article came out. Um, oh. Yeah, from a fellow expat, and I'll put the link in the show notes, uh, where... She was just kind of relating the situation as it's gone down here in Singapore, and we've talked about it many times on the show, uh, the response to COVID. But then the article finishes. It's more like an opinion piece. It finishes yeah. with her getting scolded 
uh, and her picture taken by a local Singaporean for not wearing a mask while she's out. And um, this has gone... Which she should. She should wear a mask when she's out. There you go. That's clearly stated in the rules, right? Which are very clearly communicated by the government for WhatsApp. They're very proactive in their communication. So clearly she was not following the rules. Right. But she got upset. Well, and this has gone miniature viral, right? Uh, Yeah. Because Singapore is very sensitive to any kind of criticism. I think any country is very sensitive to criticism from outsiders. Uh, The classic formulation being, if you don't like it, leave. Uh, So there's been... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah, there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of that here, which which some people have characterized as racist. I don't agree with that. No, I think I it's don't. Uh, it's a pretty natural reaction, I think, especially, I mean, come on. We're here as expats, right? We're extremely privileged. Yes. Right? We basically, we're, we're part of this group of people that move here to one way or the other enrich themselves. Right. Uh, during a very short period of time. Um, we're allowed in by the government for which I think we should be grateful, <laughs> right? Because it's definitely a net positive for most of us. And um, yeah, so I, I, I get that reaction when people say, okay, if you don't like it, leave. I think that's what they're responding to. They're saying, if you don't like it, you're not obliged to come here and enrich yourself. Right. Right. It's not like they're saying that to um, a refugee in Europe, right? We have the yeah. We've come here willingly. <laughs> so. Yeah. And expat as a term generally means people at the higher income level, right? These are oh, yeah. business yeah, yeah, executives, yeah. Yeah. right? So, you know, yeah, we've exactly. talked a lot yeah. about the foreign workers in the dorms who come here. Now, technically, they're migrant foreign labor as well, but those are people with <laughs> extremely low wages. Uh, whereas expats, by definition, have means, Right. Um, yes. So they, they yes. do retain the power of exit, right? Well, and, 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 and very often almost everything is provided for you, right? It depends on the kind of contract you have and your level of seniority. But very typically you would have your apartment paid for, potentially a car paid for, right? So there's not yeah. a whole lot for you to worry about rather than living, uh, other than living a life of extreme comfort here in Singapore. Well, so, people work um, hard here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course I, they I mean, work hard. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're sent on That's one of these I assignments and what I hear. you work, right? <laughs> yeah, you work. Yeah. Yeah, they do work very hard, but, you know, they yeah. come here willingly and they come here yes. to reap a benefit. Right. So, uh, yeah, so I, I understand the reaction. So um, where is the space, though, to criticize a country that you've chosen to come into? So, like, you've lived in the United States now as well as yeah. here. Um, I mean, I, I'm of two minds on this. It's I'm like, friends. okay, I'm kind friends of a, <laughs> a citizen. I'm a quote unquote citizen of this country and that I live here, but I'm not a citizen. And I, I think citizenship matters. It's like, look, I, I'm a guest. This is how I have always viewed it. I, I am a guest here and it's not really my place right. to, to criticize, although... In the U.S., I would have no problem with you criticizing the U.S. I don't know. There's just a cultural difference on that, I guess. Yeah, I think there's a. I think there's a cultural difference. I think it also depends on your position within the country, right? When I lived in the U.S., I I had a very low wage. I wasn't rich mm-hmm. by by any stretch of the imagination, right? So I felt much more crit, much more, f- much freer in, in criticizing 
things okay. while I was there. And I was there for a set period of time, uh, but I definitely wasn't there in a position of extreme privilege, which is the case here in Singapore, I feel. Especially like we were quite fortunate, you and I, Bill, in, in, in that we have uh, a, a fair number of, of local friends here in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you just realize every time you see them, right, that, that all of the things that you have here just put you in a position of extreme privilege compared to your friends. Right. And I think you need to be conscious of that. I think it's something that you need to take into account before you before you complain about what in this case struck me to be a pretty petty thing. Like it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I don't know this writer. Um, I don't know anything about her besides what she wrote. And frankly, the the piece just at the very end turns petulant where it's mm. like I'm getting called out for not wearing a mask. And as you made clear, the rule is you need to wear a mask when you go out. Um, don't just well, I would say whine I, about I, I, it. <laughs> I would add to that that actually the consequences for you breaking the rules as a foreigner are laughable compared to the consequences when you break the rules as a Singaporean, hmm. right? So if you're Singaporean and you don't adhere to social distancing, you can get very high fines and you get prison sentences, right? Whereas as a foreigner, you get sent home, yeah, right? <laughs> so right. basic, right? So basically that that's okay, that's bad, right? Yeah. But you get sent home. Right. Uh, so Again, I think, it's, yeah. it's that option of exit, right? Exactly, it's if, the option of exit. If yeah. you If you can leave, um, then your position is is way 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 different than somebody who can't. And and you yeah, look, you can argue well, Singaporeans could leave too, but no, leave your country. I mean, how inclined are you to do that, right? I mean, it's a pretty rare thing for people to give up on their country, right? And um, yeah. this this is a this is a small country. There isn't like a different city you can move to. Um, so yeah, you've got to you've got to play along to a certain degree uh and it is a privilege to not be to be able to not do that right which is what we're saying yeah yeah we're in that exactly yeah 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 exactly exactly yeah you know and it isn't news to anybody this is this is a source of tension um you know whether the expats that come here uh are a privileged class and they get they get away with things that singaporeans don't and um, to what degree that's upper class or not, I don't know. And then, you know, cl- a class issue. And then as there is on every issue, always, uh, there are people who are willing, as you say, to make a racial angle out of it. Um, I'm not sure it's racial, but people see things that way. Uh, so it very quickly becomes, um, a very toxic mix, right? And boy, these kinds of articles don't help. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an American, of course. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> it was an American. But no, I I didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> no, it wasn't you, Bill. It wasn't you. It was some some other woman. No, but uh, yeah, that, that does make other you wanna, woman. <laughs> that, ma- that does make you want to go. Like, come on, just just focus on other stuff, right? You, your house yeah. is on fire. Focus on that. And don't berate well, us. On, I'm on sorry. We are the world's greatest democracy. Things. Trademark, sir. Oh, that's true. I, I I also saw that the New York Times printed a first page full of names yeah. of dead people. Right? Brutal, huh? 
Wow, did you see that? That was crazy, right? You're running yeah. up to 100,000 100, deaths now. Yeah. Which is pretty intense. Well, a complete uh, failure by the federal government. Um, I mean, there have been a couple of bright spots only recently, but Jesus Christ, we're three months in. And of course, Trump, with his completely erratic and self-centered response, uh, trying to shirk responsibility um, for mistakes that were made, rather than stepping up. This is something that baffles me about the whole yeah, Trump response yeah, yeah, yeah. and proves how incapable he is. Is if So I have this thing that, Asia jumped all over it because once burned, twice shy, right? They lived through SARS-1 and they lived through a MERS outbreak. So their minds could conceive of it, right? Mm. But especially the U.S., and I don't, I'm actually not quite sure about Europe. Certainly the U.S., you can see people going, ah, it won't be anything because it never had been. Yeah, but yeah. once it was clear it would be a thing, he could have flipped a switch, right? And stood up and been a leader and said, you know what? We had a slow response, but we did this and this, and now we're all in to do the right thing. But of course, that's not him. He's it's a almost snake as if oil he salesman. He's, he's a, uh, just, yeah. he's pawns off responsibility, accuses everyone else of just being mean. I mean, what, what a fuck. It's almost he's as if not he the wasn't we needed. thinking the lack of leadership. Yes. Right. It's like, it's like it's almost as if he's not secretly brilliant. Oh my god! And a guy that's gone bankrupt four times. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like so all surprised, those things. Shocked. But like it's I crazy. said before, yeah, the crazy. governor stepped up. And um, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's but great, you know, right? we lost critical time. And um, so, how do you feel about moving back into the COVID soup? <laughs> I, you know, so I don't know. I've become fatalistic. We're moving back. Oh, dear. Um, you know, uh, we... So I've talked before, I think, about how my bottom line measure on all of this is whether hospital systems are overwhelmed. Because the horror mm. show, repeatedly, has been like Northern Italy and other places where hospital systems have been overwhelmed, right? Um, uh, yeah, that's also because they accept people into the hospital. <laughs> So there is that. I think you should weigh that with the number of sick people that actually are allowed to no, get no. a bed. Look, Americans are allowed to sit out on the sidewalk anywhere they want. Right, right. <laughs> so they're breaking, they're, down the, they're breaking down the improvised hospital that they build in Central Park, right? Uh, it, was it Central Park? I don't know if you heard about it. I mean, there were some or, improvised. Yeah, in New York City, they're breaking yeah, down. Yeah, in New the, York City. The, yeah. The yeah, well, it hasn't been needed in the end. Well, there's also stories that people haven't been admitted there uh, <laughs> and that yeah. it hasn't been used because it was supposedly largely dedicated to isolating uh, people that were identified through contact tracing and the contact tracing never got off the ground because people weren't being tested. Yeah. So that's not yeah. good. <laughs> and we don't have a testing or a tracing regime in place still. Uh, so basically, through, through a mix of, I think blindness for what i said that we just never thought mm. it could happen here and then incompetence at the federal level that lost us time and then this is the worst part seeming incapacity to rise to the moment yeah. even at the state level which is the most disturbing part to me um we yeah we will see a lot of excess deaths people that well you talked about it with uh, mark zestro on the last episode right and when you talked about south korea uh how 
testing, tracing, and mask wearing were really essential components in how South Korea got the situation under control. And none of those three ingredients appear to be within your reach. It's unbelievable, yeah. right? Because even mask people are now actively resisting wearing a mask as some sort of yes. weird political statement. They've, yes. they've managed to make that a bipartisan issue. Or a partisan issue, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, a partisan issue, which is completely crazy, right? You should just wear a mask. What's what's the why has how has that become a political gesture? Yeah, uh, it's incredible, right? It's like a bel a basic health hygiene issue. Like, I, I'm right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wipe my ass anymore because no. you know <laughs> I'm on team no wipe. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag no wipe. Hashtag freedom for no wipes. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to wear my crusty. smell like a badge of honor. Right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's become, I, it's become part of the culture that. wars. People yeah, are part fighting of the, part over of the wearing wars. masks. Just wear a mask, right? Well, you know, Trump's not wearing a mask. I don't know if you've followed yep. a couple of yeah, visits yeah, that yeah. he's made to factories mm -hmm. where he's basically refused. Yeah, which uh, is unbelievable. So he's not so no masks, the right or at least... Far from perfect mask wearing, right? I'm, I'm not sure what the percentage is, and I'm sure it varies from one state to the next. Yeah. Uh, very little capacity to test a significant number of people. And no contact tracing at all? Well, it's, it's ramping up. It's ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. It's ramping up. Testing okay. is ramping okay. up. Okay. Uh, contract testing, ramping up. It's always in a ramping up. And of course, with something right. that is so virulent, um, every day lost, Right is trouble, but you know we are seeing plateaus in in many of the states. Uh, we're seeing that the 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 growth in the cases and the growth in the deaths is plateauing. That doesn't mean they're over. We are not going to zero. <laughs> isn't that because <laughs> isn't that measures. because isn't that because of the lockdown as well? Because there was because it was widespread lockdown in most of the states. So there you go. The only reason we got there was through a lockdown that threw us into the Great Recession again. And um, now we're going to lose the Great Recession. Yeah, and that has been... I, there was another 2.5 million unemployed, I think, last week, last month. What was it? Last... Yeah. Two yeah, weeks? Last I don't week, remember I the time frame. Right. Just last week? That's... God. And how long... But you know, do Europe's opening up too. Yeah, well, yeah uh, there's course. images out of Paris of people crowding parks and yep. people are riding they're public drinking. transportation. They're drinking again. In, in, in in very Parisian fashion. They're drinking out in the streets. It's fantastic. It's be <laughs> it, 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 it's a beautiful thing to see, like groups of people in Montmartre with their bottle of wine and their little cheese. Now, are they wearing uh, masks? Makes, no, makes me want to go there. It's fantastic, but they're all going to get sick. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, best bottle of wine ever. Right well, of course, the science it. the science is saying that probably the risk outside is much lower, right? That's what I was going to uh, say. Is that yeah? If you're if you stay at a reasonable distance, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that that free flowing wine doesn't uh, <laughs> exactly help in staying at a reasonable distance from one another. Um, well, maybe it's so, like a poor know. man's hydroxychloroquine, right? Just maybe a nice bottle of wine. I don't. I maybe. Don't know. <laughs> so I don't know about all. I don't know about any of that. But but I do know that it strikes me as a dangerous mix. Civil disobedience when it comes to mask wearing, or just flat out refusal to wear masks. Yeah. Uh, and and just the sheer number of people claiming that basically it's it's it, it's widely overblown. A hoax. Which, 
I find mind blowing. Never heard that I mean, before. I hope buried a buried a hundred thousand people. How can you say it's overblown? I mean, come on. Right. It just strikes me as a very very dangerous mix. But we'll see. We'll see. I might be wrong. I might be a doomer. Right. That's what they're calling us now. Uh, just because you believe in the in oh. the basic principles of uh, virology and exponential growth, the, apparently that now makes you a doomer. And and part of the dooming is that in the fall it will get worse again, as right. as people congregate in crowds and at schools uh, and get back to work, and the weather turns bad again, like any contagious disease. Like you said, being outside does seem to be uh, manageable. But the moment that you get into a tight space with a heavy, what they call viral load, if you get in there with yeah. a couple of sick people and they are just spewing this stuff and the evidence is clear that people can be shedding the virus, as they call it, shedding the virus with no symptoms. So you could be getting exposed to a heavy viral load, uh, not know it, and then you start cramming everybody into tight spaces again. Um, that's the doom part is that in the fall, so what it I found worse. What I found interesting in uh, the last episode in in the discussion about Korea is mm -hmm. that, of course, this 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 increased sense that you just need to get out, right? That, that mm -hmm. people are having a very hard time with lockdown appears to be universal. And uh, Mark was saying that people in South Korea did go out and did start showing some signs of civil disobedience in the sense that they were distancing less, right, and staying indoors less and, 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 and exposing themselves, but they were still wearing masks. Right. Right. And they were still, I guess, still keeping more of a distance, right? That's, that's also cultural, I guess. Um, and, and, but I think as long as there's no strong political incentive to do otherwise, that just makes perfect sense, right? Right. But look at that, political. How did it become political? I, I just... Even like in you, France, you I feel that it has become a... political. Uh, oh, Even really? in France. I feel that in France, like, there's been a strong... That's just an impression I have from, from talking to my friends over there, that um, especially the underprivileged, I would say, that they have this sense of, okay, anyway, politics has failed us, right? A anyway, has been failing us for the last few decades. So they want us to stay in, so let's just... Lockdown is over now. Let's just go outside and live our lives. And, and you know, they, the politicians don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what's going on. So let's just ignore them. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. And then ignoring them means screw masks, screw small yeah, just gatherings. Living your, just, just living your life, right? Just. And even from friends of mine that are very well off that, you know, the weekend after the lockdown, they just went to big busy shopping centers to go shop because you want to shop right but with a mask or, or no so no mask yeah no mask because masks are not because yeah i don't know I so don't you know asked how not. i'm gonna gear up for this when i go back to the u.s yeah um yeah. i'm gonna wear a mask in indoor spaces right mm. uh and especially crowded ones um so if i go to the grocery i'm gonna be wearing a mask that's what i'm gonna do uh right till well i don't i don't know when i i gotta say i'm not gonna wait around for a vaccine but when treatments are in place um then i think we can relax a little bit but we don't even have those so what am i gonna do i'm gonna wear a mask when i go into crowded a, indoor spaces that's what i'm gonna you should do. get a you should get a maga mask just to confuse people oh <laughs> right. yes sir 
I don't get it. Is what is he saying? <laughs> <laughs> is 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 he good or is he bad? Is he evil? I don't. <laughs> Short. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, man, I'd be, I'd be. You know, I'm I'm sorry to see you go, obviously, and uh, it's yeah, really disappointing that. that we that we won't be able to probably won't be able to do this live anytime before you leave or any. I got God knows when we'll be able to record live again, uh, like yeah, face to face. Well, in the future, when uh, COVID nineteen is under control, and I travel to either Singapore or Paris, if you end up back there, or you yep, come to the United States, or we meet Chicago somewhere in or wherever, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, this is just the way it's going to be, but you know, amazing world, right? We can at least have the technology to keep the podcast going, even though we're going to be on opposite sides of the world. Isn't that great? Yeah. And all of you still get to listen. <laughs> yes. You are actually the best off, aren't you? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> None of the work, all of the benefit. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll wrap up for this episode. Um, as always, if you like what you hear, please, sharing is caring. Um, we also have our newsletter. Uh, we have the Foreign Influence Dispatch, which you can get at foreigninfluence.substack.com. That's where we follow up with links and commentary and things like that. Um, you know, did we finish with good news? No. Do you want some good news? Uh, oh, yes. We have to do our good news. It's what we do. You got any good news there? Uh, all right, there we go. Okay, IKEA, people. I'm reading this from the Good News Network on Twitter. IKEA has released instructions on how to build the six best blanket forts for your home quarantine. <laughs> I know what I'm I know what I'll be doing next week. Yes, that I'll is do it awesome. As soon as we uh, get done. And one of them is called Castle, apparently. Nice. They know what's up. They really know what's up. All right, I let's like see it. what else is on here. More and more farmers are using garlicky supplements to curb major environmental enemy, cow gas. <laughs> That's finally, farmers are asking the real questions. How do you keep those cows right. from farting? Well, I did. well, methane is a greenhouse, a bad greenhouse gas, but you know, you say gas and cows, and you just have to laugh. And that makes you happy. And I think this one's really great, just after Ramadan, right? Uh, church opens up its doors to Muslim worshippers so they can have a place to pray during quarantine. Wow, nice. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, that is the good news for this week. Again, thanks for listening. And uh, we will talk to you again on the next episode. Stay safe and talk soon.